Welcome to the Film Session Podcast. I'm today's host, Jennifer Dunkini. Today, we are excited to feature Itzel Guerrero. Welcome, Itzel. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for inviting me. Of course. So tell us a bit about yourself. Well, I'm originally from Guadalajara, Mexico. I studied audiovisual arts at the University of Guadalajara. And I have worked as cinematographer and director for different documentaries and anima animations as well, and short films, etc. And right now I'm working currently as publicity and advertising. Wow. So, all right. So you're into a lot of stuff. Okay. Because documentary filmmaking and animation seems miles apart for me, um, you know, because you've got to the one where you're working fully on camera, the other one you're working fully in the computer. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. um, now how, how did that happen? Like, you know, how did you get into filmmaking? Was there one that you started with before the other, you know? Well, since I was like a child, I started getting interested into art. I started with painted with drawings. I think that's why I'm very interested in animation. But also I start on the other hand, um, filming with a camera that my dad uh, gifted to me. And I started filming everything. I started give, uh, filming at school, at campings, um, with my friends. And then I start to make like these little video editions to show to to my family to, to have one. And that's, I think the other side of documentary that I really enjoyed. So you were really, um, it sounds like the second you picked up the camera, you were quite comfortable with figuring out composition and, you know, how to capture the best moments or, you know, was that intimidating to you or was it inspiring and exciting for you? For me, it was really exciting to, to have the camera and to be like in front of everyone, because I think that sometimes when I see people laughing or getting inspired or telling me like, hey, we really like what you did. Um, it really feel like uh, very uh, warm in my heart, like the inspiration of doing this type of cinema for, for people that I like and care of. Oh, I love I love that because, you know, sometimes I think about, you know, the, the shooting of the camera, I find the camera to be intimidating, you know, and yeah. um, a lot of people find, oh God, the pressure of like putting all the pieces, but some people thrive in that pressure of making all the pieces work together at the same time. Uh, so do you find that to be the case for you? Yeah, I totally found the case for me. I totally feel comfortable and happy. And I really like to be behind the camera, not on the camera. When I'm on the camera, I think it's like the contrary for me. I get like nervous and think about <laughs> being behind. I feel like I have the control of what I want to show. Yeah. And it sounds like you're using it as a, a vessel to connect with the people that are comfortable in front of the camera. Yeah, that's it. So how have you found that um, the university experience? Um, do you have to ex uh, explore different elements of the filmmaking process? And have you discovered there's other pieces of it that you love? or? Well, around the university, we have to... I learn about all the areas of cinema, so that's why I have been doing short films in documentary, animation, fiction, because we have to, we, we have like three years and all the three years were specified in a genre of different things. And that, that's why I've been comfortable like doing a lot of multidisciplinary arts. 
Absolutely. And um, do you find uh, that your family has been supportive of you as an artist? I mean, since you've been doing it for such a young age, you know, it sounds like it was evident. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, my my family went for it. I think they really saw I had like an artistic side since I was a baby. So when I told them like, hey, you know, I wanted to study um, cinema, visual arts, they were like, well, it's not new for us. You wanted to take that uh, path. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like it's been going for a long time. Now, in regards to the animation uh, element of it, what got you into animation? Was that a part of the school or were you already tinkering with that before you entered university? Well, I started by myself like doing GIFs, for example, like in the computer, you do the draws and then you put it in a GIF in the program but also I had some uh, subjects in university we did like stop motions we did like traditional animation and it was really for me um very relaxing time like I didn't see like any pressure or stress in that subject for me while like a moment just for me and enjoying um these little cute arts I love that do you think that um you know all of these other tools that are utilized on social media have kind of helped expand a lot of filmmakers and animators into getting, you know, a a place for them to work a little bit more before they dive into going to film school. Do you find that to be uh, true or, you know, would you have jumped into it anyway? Well, I think right now there are a lot of um, things that could help other people out there who want to be like filmmakers. I really, uh, on YouTube, there are a lot of tutorials. Also on Instagram, I think it's like full of people who give advices, pieces of advice. I just think like, since I went to an university and a career, well, it's also important to give um, the merit of study it. And because it was like very hard for years of my life that I don't think I will be able to make it for is if I studied like tutorials on anything, I just think it's part of ways of study are okay. I just think you, you should just respect the effort of someone just uh, study it. Yeah, that, that definitely makes sense to do the deeper dive into the education of, of the filmmaking in the history, the theories, the process, and the exposure to, to other things that your professors probably are saying, no, you have to you have to learn this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it also helped me quite a lot the tutorial because sometimes, um, well, it was not very a big school and sometimes teachers were kind of busy. So um, YouTube really saved some of, uh, of us, of me and my colleagues uh, doing like a lot of work. Oh, it sounds, you know, it, it definitely is a fantastic resource for so many filmmakers and animators that are out there. Um, so, so tell us a bit about your film. Yeah, well, I actually know Velik since I was like 17 years old. We were together in high school. And I remember I have like this um, this documentary I have to make for the school. And that's when I came the idea of filming there. Um, and I talked with them with the phone and I and, and they started to talk to me, their story and everything. And that's when I realized um, that they represent the Joes and I feel empathized for their story. And I feel like a lot of people of my friends have been passing the same things about 
them. So that, that's why I wanted to do like a short film that represents how the finding yourself and express yourself and the liberty of being who you are sometimes can be a problem to those around you. Mm. And I think it's uh, a very important story to be told. Oh, absolutely. And uh, so walk us through your process of how, I mean, obviously you approached them and said, I, I want to do do this film, but like, you know, how did you pull the pieces? Did you have an idea of the structure of what you wanted to do or did you just like start shooting and then just go from there? Well, firstly, I talked to them by the phone um, about what, ha what was happening in their life currently. I already knew a little bit about the story and there was a previous idea of what I wanted to film. However, as we started telling about things that happened to them, we understood those things were more important than the thoughts that, that I thought. No? So we started writing a script, writing what we want to film. Uh, even if it's a documentary, you just don't go and film whatever you saw. You have to prepare what you are. You have to like act a little uh, the situations that you want on the film to appear. And we were three people. We were in the December 2029, so it was like a middle of COVID crisis. And we were like three people, uh, Belik, in their house. And we were just like filming for around one week. And it took us almost like one year and a half to finish this, uh, this surfing because we were like on a budget. So I had to like edit everything by myself, take my time. Um, I even graduated and I still had to edit the video. So yeah, it was a long process because it was an independent short film, but I'm really glad we succeeded to, to make it true. Absolutely. Well, I think you've touched upon a couple of things of, of, you know, things that can exist with a documentary film of the idea that you go in with one idea and you come out with a different one. <laughs> yes. And, um, the, the amount of post-production that exists with documentary films, because, you know, a lot of times there's a small amount of, not a small amount, but there's the pre-production, but you don't necessarily know what you're going to get. And then you have to put uh, all the, the work in on the back end to finesse that story. How did you find editing the film to be? Well, to be honest, it was really a hard experience. I think it's the biggest process in documentary. We had around eight hours of shooting. So we were really like, do we really need this? Do that this can fit. We really have to write a new story. Uh, we had a lot of um, to ask about our teachers. What do they think? We went like we did like five cuts also. So uh, I really think that you just have to be clear about the themes you want to talk. Sometimes we were like maybe we should reshoot re things, but there was no time. So for us, we have to separate the footage we have into themes. And from that, start creating the story that we wanted through what uh, they said in the shootings. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That definitely makes sense. It sounds like you also had a support system from some of your university professors or mentors that kind of came along the way to to advise you on um, navigating those the, the road of making that um how influential was it and helpful was it for you to have these other, you know, voices coming in to help help you figure out how to shape this? 
Well, of course, all teachers have different advices. Like we have five teachers who told us things and all of those five things were different. So at mm -hmm. the end of the day is, what do you think is the best for the movie from your point of view? Like at the end of the day, is your movie, what do you want to appear in your movie? And we also, of course, wanted to be like respectful with the history of Belik because uh, they are our friends and we didn't want to like make something that they wouldn't feel comfortable. So we uh, we just took the best from the teachers that we liked, but of course we it's not necessary to hear everything they said. It's based on your critique and on the movie you want to to create. Yeah, that definitely definitely makes sense. So where can we find this film, or is it still out on the film festival circuit? It's going to be released later, and how can we find you and your social media handles? Give us all the information. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's still on festival, so it's still not available, but it will be soon available on Vimeo. And there you can find like all of my other uh, short films and stuff. It's video.com. Uh, it's El Guerrero, just like that. And you will find all my videos there. Um, I guess my Instagram is, uh, you can find it also. Uh, it's it, it's it.zl, it's like my name, <laughs> something like that. And but mostly I'm more active on Vimeo. That's where you can find all the things I have done because Relic is not my only short film. I have done like other short films around school, uh, independently and my free times. I really like to just uh, do a lot of things. Oh, that sounds fantastic. It sounds like you're very creative go-getter. Um, do you have something that's in the works right now? Um, right now, we are currently on the final phase of one short film with it. I work as a cinematographer. It was a documentary that we shoot around one year ago in Mexico. Uh, and this one is like totally different about Belik and short films. It's a little way more serious. And it was my thesis of university. So I'm really looking forward to, to finish it So because it was really... I really think it was a professional way, a very professional short film. And I feel very happy to compare from when I started in university because it really shows how much I have learned and how much I have grown. It's called Ferruco and hopefully it will be soon out and I will surely make a post about Instagram and Vimeo. Oh, please, please do for sure. Um, do you have any pieces of advice for young filmmakers out there? Mm, yeah, I will say like what gets me to finish all of my short films are is discipline. I think that discipline is just the key of doing everything you want uh, because mostly you're not inspired, mostly you're lazy, for example, but it requires 90% of effort and just 1% of inspiration. So I bet complete all your projects because you will see how you improve over time. That's what I always tell to my friends too. It doesn't matter. Don't seek perfect. Don't seek for perfection. Seek for things well done. And just with the practice and the mistakes, you will learn to become um, a better filmmaker. And also always be kind with your team because your team is what makes your film great. 
Oh, I love these pieces of advice. That is, there's some major takeaways there for sure. So um, listen, listen up listeners. <laughs> That's yeah. fantastic. Well, thank you so much for participating in this interview today and congratulations on being part of Student World Impact Film Festival 2023. And I personally really look forward to seeing more work from you come out in the future. Thank you very much again for inviting me and it was pretty nice to speak with you. Thank you so much.